Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to 15 Minutes with Lincoln. I am one of your two hosts, Timothy Robert Dunn, a common man in Chicago. And I am your other host, Abraham Lincoln, formerly the 16th President of the United States, and now a comedy writer here in Chicago. Uh, this is a political podcast featuring the perspectives of myself, a modern millennial, and those of Abe, one of our great presidents, and one of our up-and-coming comedy writers. Abe, uh, how was your week, man? A busy week, working on a lot of scripts, and a lot of pitches, and treatments, and outlines, punch-ups, rough drafts, final drafts. Writing. Yeah, writing stuff, yeah. A lot of collaboration, but also a lot of deliberation and inspiration last week you were talking about um i feel like i just have to catch anyone up that is not a regular listener abe writes for um huckabee the late night comedy show um hosted by governor mike huckabee on trinity broadcasting network this has led him to have some political views that abe and i kind of clash on um but you know we we still have a good time recording this podcast together you were going to unionize the the writing room how's that going first there's a couple of corrections yes it is the late night comedy program secondly i don't know if there are really political differences sure but mostly there's comedic differences because to be honest we both submitted packets and i made it through all four rounds yeah, okay, of fine. the interviews yeah. and the submissions process and now i'm working there and yes i have been working to unionize the writers room as i found out from you from your friends who work at other shows that they are part of unions and we work uh you know 14 to 20 hour days with two 50 minute breaks and a lunch but the lunches are staggered at different times and huckabee has to come in and take like a prima nocta is what he calls it of your lunch where he gets to like taste everything with your lunch first and you don't get to use the bathroom unless you have three good um, AOC jokes? Is that is that what you told me Right. Last well, week? that was last week, but he changes that every week. And he doesn't actually tell you. You have to kind of find out from someone, like maybe the line producer he's yelled at. Um, okay. Or, you know, like uh, uh, one of the grips, you know, he, like if he screamed to somebody. So this week, they actually, the, we had to have three good jokes about the Arkansas transgender bill to ensure that money could not be spent on oh, people boy. changing genders willy-nilly yeah so we had to come up with a bunch of jokes for those and you know uh the huck you know the incredible huck he used uh one of the jokes that was pitched to him in a tweet that got some uh it got some really trended did really well on twitter and oh boy i think i saw this tweet Abe. yeah blew up i mean he's just always pushing the envelope and sparking the dialogue even though he's like a very family-friendly person and values christianity and the family and christianity he really yeah. uh is not like all these other comedians who are afraid to trigger people frankly he's not sensitive he's willing to do the things other comedians aren't willing to do anymore like punch down or use comedy as a weapon <laughs> or otherwise just try to make some people feel better by making other people feel bad and that's what separates him from all the other quote comedy hosts right and he he says himself punching down that's a term he uses well yeah all the time okay okay good to know okay so one time i think that that clears that up for me. oh there's the dog oh boy hey so what let me just close the door you just keep talking yeah i was just gonna inform you but i guess you could just listen to our podcast afterwards to get filled in on this I, okay, he tips back in the room now. I was saying, yeah, one time he was pitching, uh, somebody was pitching a joke in the writer's room uh, about how, like, 
uh, you know, all the children. This was back, uh, bef- you know, a few weeks ago when people cared about the children at the border who had been separated right. from their parents and were staying in cages and in terrible conditions. We were going. We had a, like a bunch of jokes about how uh, they should just toss the children back and all sorts of things. And oh boy, they were really cracking ourselves up. And then someone in the writers' room. Uh, well, not someone, the woman in the writer's room. That's what Huck makes us call her. Uh, she was like, are we worried this is punching oh, down? Boy. And then Huck's like, wait, first Huck took a break from urinating in the trash can and was like, what do you mean punching down? And then she explained, oh, punching down is like making fun right. of, you know, when you're in a position of power, making fun of the powerless uh, rather than, you know. And she kept going and then Huck was like, yeah, that's exactly what we're doing. And we're going to do it every week. Uh, praise the Lord. Okay, the, yeah, this clears up a lot of, of kind of the comedic voice I've seen on Huckabee, so this is making a lot of we sense. We are the late night comedy program. There's no other show like us, nor will there ever be. Well, uh, I did... That that does um, lead me to, to one thing I did want to bring up with you. Um, I don't know... I mean, you're a savvy social media guy now. You're a comedy guy. I assume you've seen the, the clips of Gutfeld, right? You mean the trade wrecks of Gutfeld? Yeah, I I have. That's what you get when you go out on air without a group of professional writers behind you to make you look good, which is the number one rule of comedy is to make Huck look good, make him look cool. Well, of, Huck, of Huck's comedy. Yeah, and yeah. then the second rule is keep the camera on Huck as much as possible. Right. Rule number four is punch down. And Honestly, I think the second rule applies to Gutfeld, too. It seems like the camera's on him most of the time. Well, you know, it's called Gutfeld. You know, that he could do what he wants. He obviously is at a big network, and it's a network that, you know, the the Huck has worked at and has had a show at before. And I'll just yeah. say that the Huck uh, is pretty clear that, you know, good luck to Gutfeld because if he gets treated, you know, twice as well as the Huck was treated by those Fox News people, then he'll be lucky because they pulled the rug out of Huck way too soon. And, you know, Huck says it wasn't really decisions of, you know, you know because of his show it was about like the people upstairs and he like rubs his fingers together he's like all those new york city people you know and he's like rubbing his fingers okay together. yeah i get i get what he's like, he, i get what the you know like the little there. he like goes on and on about the those people the people who control yeah. the place and so okay he goes on and on about that a lot that's something the huck likes to do um yeah so Anyway, yeah, we'll see how Gutfield is probably going to be on a short leash and he's going to get the rug pulled out real quick and another, you know, kind of metaphorical description of how he'll be treated there would be apt as well. But I just have the two. So, yeah, I, I you know, frankly, we're not concerned about the other show, uh, as we call, call it, because uh, we know we're the best. And frankly, I think this will be like a late... I don't think there's ever been a rivalry in late night comedy before. And I think this is actually going to end up being really good for both of us. Yeah. Um, so there, ha- yeah, there's been, there's been a few, we don't need to go into it. Like but they, yeah, Dick I mean, like- Cavett versus like, you know, Mr. Ed or whatever was on the other networks or something. Yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, you know, I would just, I think the best thing you guys could do is just kind of wish the Gutveld people well. It does oh. sound like they're doing well, though. I think nope. they got like 1.5 million viewers. 1.5 um, billion viewers. We've had way more than that over the course of our show. We get like 50,000 YouTube clip views 
Well, yeah, but that's cumulative. I'm talking about nightly that you get 1.5. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll look at our yeah. nightly numbers as well. Hey, and then they're also a – well, you're a weekly show. They're a nightly show, so. Yeah, so our show's better because we spend all week preparing. Like we're loading up this week on – so on a, Huck wants to do one really sharp barb at Guffield, and he's picking around okay. a lot of them. And most of them, uh, you know, are basically trying to undermine Guffield's sexuality. That's like I think the gist of what we want to – what we're going for. So right. just keep your eyes peeled because I think Huck's going to – Huck has a zing, zinger loaded up. Uh, yeah, and that reminds me. I, I should have um, plugged who you have on the show. This week on Huckabee – or I guess this past episode was Representative Chuck Fleischman, Xavier DeGroat, Xavier DeGroat again. I don't know if that's a typo on the Huckabee website. No, he – Then you have jo- – no, we, we brought him out as the second guest <laughs> and then the third guest you okay so because it's so hard to find guests it you know like we that's you know it's we have to do a show every week to find a different yeah. to find guests every week i mean that's really hard so he came out as the second guest we said thank he gave, did his little thing we introduced him we said thank you very much savior and then he left and then we came back from commercial and he's like our next guest is savior dick Rowe. we just did another interview with him acted like the second one didn't really happen Huck had like a pretty good one-liner because you know he's so good at ad-libbing. He's so good on his feet, yeah. despite you know being six hundred pounds. But he's so good. So anyway, Abe, Jonathan Rumi, Dallas Jenkins, and Jordan Smith. Anyway, Dallas Jenkins, uh, well, you I, gotta love Dallas Jenkins. Almost as I, good. I wish as, you the. Yeah, I mean, almost as good as Houston Siemens, but I mean, Dallas Jenkins, you gotta have. You gotta if you're gonna have someone, you gotta have Dallas Jenkins. Right. I'm seeing now Dallas Jenkins' um, interview with his uh, colleague Jonathan Rumi, why it's tough to play Jesus uh, from their film The Chosen. Uh, so there you go. That's a nice little uh, that's a nice little uh, interview there you guys had. Um, uh, uh, yeah, but buddy, I, I wish you the best of luck in what I hope isn't a, a late night war, and you know, it's just a nice every everybody do kind of doing their own comedic voice in that space. I, I'm saying what I'm saying is you're going for the same audience. I hope just everybody likes uh, both of you. I'm not part of this audience, but I, you know, I wish you the best. Yeah, well, 1.5 million people are part of this audience, and I think well for Gutfeld, not for you. For you. No, but if it's the same audience, then vis a vis, we have 1.5 people watching us. You know, probably more because we're a weekly show. We probably get seven times that. Maybe I don't. Uh, maybe I don't know a lot of people that uh, tune into Trinity Broadcasting. Well, but, but it maybe uh, yeah. Yeah, that's because you're in your like liberal bubble in your big city. What else did you want to talk about today? No, Timothy. I just want to talk about how hard it is to be a writer and uh, what we do is really sure. important. And I just want to say that I stand in solidarity with Chris Terrio, uh, the screenwriter for Batman vs Superman, and. Uh, the Snyder Cut, and really one of the driving architects behind the entire Snyder verse, other than the, the Snyder. Oh, Minnesota. I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't hear about this. Is he sick or something? Oh no, he's not sick. He's well, he's sick of Warner Brothers uh, writing, try, thinking you can write by committee. That's why the Huck Show is so great, is because we have a group of writers. We pitch ideas, we come up with ideas on our own. I'd really like you to pivot back to this guy and what ultimately he's, it's just uh, Huck's voice. So yeah. he was saying that when he first saw the Josh we- Josh Whedon cut, he was like, I want my name off of this. He actually went through the process to try to get it done. Right. But he was like, oh, this will look so bad. be such bad press. I'll undermine the movie for everyone who worked on it. I'm not going to go through with this because he wrote a t- he, he wrote a ton. 
Uh, he actually wrote this movie. I haven't seen it. Argo. It's one of those like you know. I, I don't think it was a very big movie, but that was like how he got his start. Is, I think as he wrote. It won an Oscar. I, I think it won an Oscar. Okay, whoop de doo. He won an Oscar. A bunch of godless liberals got together to worship their chosen <laughs> golden idols, and so therefore vis a vis. Anyway, uh, uh, Baffleck read the first Batman vs Superman draft and was like, "Hey, there's a lot to be desired here because uh, Batman's just branding people." And that's not really in the canon. Now, I don't really know the canon. I just, other than the Snyderverse, I don't watch these other things really. Uh, the Snyderverse is my canon. So, right. Baffle- Baffleck was like, he's murdering people. He wants to kill Superman. Uh, there's just like a, not a lot of like character development and motivation. Since you worked on that little picture, Argo, perhaps you'd be good to like punch up the script. So, he came in and wrote Batman vs. Superman and really tried to like. You know, fine tune it because I guess the studio was dead set on Batman versus Superman are going to fight to the death. Batman needs uh. to be killing people so that it seems like he's ready to kill Superman. And Cristerio was like, "Well, I if I have to work with this, then I'll work with this." And he wrote the script, and then they filmed all the action stuff first, and didn't, f- and then so they couldn't cut his the action stuff, so they cut like the thirty five minutes of character development. Um, and uh, including for if you've watched the extended cut of Batman vs Superman, listeners, you yes, all probably have. should have. There's a lot of uh, story there about Lois Lane, and she's like this. She's based on a couple of journalists in real life, and she's a composite character, as we say in the business. Nonetheless, mm-hmm. uh, they cut all the story, and it was restored in the extended version. And Cristerio was really disappointed by it, but he was brought in to work with Zack Snyder on the Justice League, and and there he was getting this whole. Um, this feedback still from Warner Brothers about like how they wanted to make the movie and, and he was doing his best but then ultimately kind of removed from the project and he is was very frustrated and I just want to say I stay in solidarity because I know what that's like when you submit something and then it kind of gets changed at the you know by the hires up and and so does Huck you know we understand what that's like so wait like like half like do you have any for the Huck show yeah for like the Huck show I have some things too like you know, you know, I, I mean, just for example, um, I had this like um, desk, this like big desk piece called, uh, well, it wasn't a desk piece. It was actually um, a, a, a remote piece, but it would be start at the desk. Okay. Huck's like, March Madness is going on. Here's what uh, we came up with the bracket. I'm going to ask people on the street to choose winners. And then we put a bunch of stuff in there that like annoys us. Like, you know, those little things that go on the end of your shoelaces. Like, what are those? Why are those? Oh, brick sure. off? Yeah. And people find like what really is making us mad. So I pitched this idea. That's fun. Oh, thanks. Yeah. You know, I, and it would be good to get Huck up out of the desk, behind the desk. He's so good when he's out moving around. <laughs> on his Sure. Kind of a man on, man on the street. Right. Even though yeah. there's a pandemic, you know allegedly we just thought it would be good to get him out talking to people maybe well yeah there's a pandemic yeah so uh anyway i this is the idea that got pitched and uh it's not exactly what ended up happening on the show but um but that's okay wait what did it turn into oh it, it just ended up becoming instead of march madness about like making fun of the brackets it just became like uh huck was just ended up doing like a countdown instead of like the 64 like things in a bracket i just had 16 yeah he just came up with 16 yeah. reasons why america uh, is not going to church anymore and uh he like went on this big thing and it was really it was you know um yeah. he didn't want any he doesn't take notes 
and he didn't want anyone to kind of draft it. So like he started off with six, number 16 and number 15. And he was like counting down the number one reason. And he ended up. And you, you, didn't, you didn't feel like you had the, it wasn't your place to say, Hey, let's, let's bring it down from 64. No, we, we started at six. Yeah. Well, yeah. So we started yeah. at 16. Um, but he didn't, ha- it wasn't really my place to be like, Hey, maybe we should write these out in advance. Cause he just wanted to go out in there and wing it. And he ended up, oh wow! Yeah, and it worked really well because the audience loved it when he repeated himself, when he lost track of where he was, and then he ultimately ran out of reasons. So he got to uh-huh. he got to seven, and then was like, yeah. and the number one reason, and went straight into uh, the labistry media, right. mocking Christians and making yeah. um, uh, church seem uncool, even though he had mentioned like church isn't cool anymore because of this and this. That was like number twelve, but. So I can I just want to say I stand with Chris Tirio and I know what it's like for writers to be mistreated as well because uh, he was kicked off the set and I you know we're kicked off the set every time we need to go to the bathroom which is part of the reason why I'm starting this anonymous union nobody wants to put their names on it but they are willing to sign because you know we're willing to try to get better treatment so Chris Tirio yeah. as a fellow writer I am on your side. Well you know uh, Chris Tirio wish you wish you the best of luck uh, we I, yeah we stand in solidarity. The dogs are barking again, and I think that means it's time to wrap it up. Um, folks, if you have any thoughts on um, Superman Batman Extended Cut or um, Gutfeld, email us at 15 minutes of Lincoln at gmail.com. That's numerical 15. Oh my god. It's like there's just uh, there's two huskies walking by, and they're just going nuts over. They're talking shit out the window. Um, email us at 15 minutes with Lincoln at gmail.com. Um, Oh, and as always, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Uh, Abe, um, any last uh, any last thoughts? Uh, no, just watch uh, watch Huckabee this weekend. Uh, this weekend we do actually have uh, Houston Siebens. He's coming on. He's going to be on the show twice, so check it out. All right. Folks, we'll see you next time on 15 Minutes with Lincoln.